Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to episode number 37 of the John Riley Project. It's um, March 6th. It's March 6th. It's Wednesday. It's uh, got a little light drizzle going on outside, and, uh, you know, the rain is coming, and and um, it's a great time on a dreary day to talk about the Chargers. And we're going to get into the this article that Nick Canepa wrote, um, you know, ex- basically expressing all the regret for his long-lost girlfriend, the San Diego Chargers. And we're going to break that down in just a minute. But I just want to share like a story with you. And I think for me, this is an interesting thing. Maybe maybe you might find interest in it too. You know, I this is the 37th episode of this podcast. Can you believe it? And, you know, I got started in September interviewing local candidates here for political office in the city of Poway and in Rancho Bernardo. And since then, you know, the podcast is evolving. I'm experimenting with different things. We've done interviews. Um, I'll sometimes um, react to national news stories, to local news stories. Um, Sometimes I'll just talk about things that I believe in, like the last podcast I did um, on Monday night was the uh, the podcast about journaling, which for me was just so rewarding. Um, It really helped me get clarity and focus and minimize stress. It was a wonderful tool. Um, And I'm going to talk about a lot of these different types of things. You know, it's all under the framework of living your own life, Um, you know, taking control of your life having the liberty to live your life as you see fit, and then having the ability to pursue your own happiness. That's what it's about. The John Riley Project is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, And so I'm always thinking about different podcast topics and thinking what's going to work, what kind of what kind of uh, downloads are we getting? What kind of viewership are we seeing on YouTube? And I'm always experimenting and learning as I go. So I give a great deal of thought into what additional podcasts I want to put forward. And meanwhile, I'm trying to increase the frequency of this. And now I have a a new kind of um, respect for talk show hosts that have to do this every single day. Um, It's hard, but um, it's fun. And that's part of the project. You know, I'm learning and experimenting and doing different things. And so while I was contemplating what to talk about, I saw the article from Nick Canepa in the San San Diego Union Tribune. And I said, oh, well, here we go. This is the perfect thing to talk about. And I will say this. This is definitely in the category of pursuit of happiness. For me, I love sports. I've been a huge sports fan since as early as I can remember. Um, and you know, my, both of my children are athletes. My wife and I love watching sports. Um, I was a, an athlete in my youth. You know, kind of, I was into BMX racing and dabbled a little bit in baseball and basketball when I was really young. Um, but, um, just love sports and I love following sports. And for me, you know, it's kind of like my soap opera, right? You know, it's the thing that I follow. I enjoy politics. I enjoy sports. They're very similar, right? There's heroes and villains. There are people facing off against each other. There are winners and losers and their strategy. And there are allegiances and uh, grudge matches and old rivalries. That's why it's a lot of fun. I get a great deal of happiness just enjoying following sports, following politics. But let, let's get into this article from Nick Canepa. And, you know, Nick is is a longtime columnist for the San Diego Union-Tribune. Nick has done a lot of really good work here in San Diego, and I applaud him for his career. 
he's obviously been a big-time football fan, and that's evident. He's always been a big Chargers supporter. And he, and, and like so many other San Diegans, were just so horribly disappointed when the Chargers moved. And, you know, I have my own sort of soap opera of how I kind of got through all of that. But I, I want to tee it up at least by reading the first couple of paragraphs of Nick's article, and I have it here on my tablet. And, you know, first of all, I have to say this. It, it's kind of juxtaposed with the signing of Manny Machado, which has been a great thing. And we've talked about that in the podcast here, how the signing of Machado has been um, not only great for the Padres, um, but great for San Diego sports, great for San Diego in general, you know, because it makes us feel good. Like, you know, because we've often we've always been victims of the San Diego sports curse. Right? We've talked about that before. And here Nick is lamenting on it. So just I want to read the first two paragraphs. The signing of Manny Machado was so un-San Diego. Cripes, the Vatican is sensing a miracle. But so welcome at an absolutely ideal time to perfectly fill an empty place. Even so, if the Padres had signed Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Sandy Koufax, it wouldn't have made up for the loss of an NFL team. And I'm thinking, oh, man. So this is like... This is like the case of where your girlfriend breaks up with you and you just can't get over it. You know, you, you're always longing for your old girlfriend and it just eats you up and you just can't believe that she left or you can't believe that she you let her get away. And I, that's what Nick's feeling. And I know a lot of people in San Diego are feeling the same way, but come on. If the Padres signed Willie Mays, Babe Ruth and Sandy Koufax, it still wouldn't have made up for it. Okay. Um Let's let's go through this. The Chargers, they they exited. They broke up with San Diego. The Chargers said "F you, San Diego." Okay, and it's obvious because they got they were going to get a better deal somewhere else. Now, as a capitalist, I don't blame them at all for pursuing a better deal. Um, but what they were asking is for San Diegans to suck it up and pay corporate welfare to build their building. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about if you own a company. I own a company. Do, do I expect the city government, the city of San Diego or the city of Poway to build a Taj Mahal structure just for my business, even if I can justify that it's good for the local economy? Well, of course not. I mean, that's just a foolish thing. And thankfully, Californians are waking up to this. You know, the, the new arena that's going in in San Francisco for the Warriors, you know, the Warriors are moving from Oakland to literally down the street from the baseball stadium in San Francisco. That new Warriors arena, privately financed. Um, the baseball park, AT&T Park in um, San Francisco, I, was it changed to Oracle recently? I think it might have been. But the, where the San Francisco Giants play, privately financed. Now, the city donated the land, but the, the, the structure was privately financed. The Staples Center in, San, in, in L.A., privately financed. The new football stadium that's going in in Los Angeles, it's going to be shared by the Rams and the Chargers, privately financed. So... I think the only publicly financed um, sporting venue in California that's been built recently is the stadium where the 49ers play in Santa Clara. And the Santa Clarans had to kick up and, and, and uh, pay a, a higher sales tax. And now they're already feeling like they got screwed on the deal. 
because the um, the 49ers are, you know, manipulating the system and figuring out ways to pay less taxes to cover their portion of the deal. So what you end up have is happening now is Californian voters are finally waking up or really they've they, they've been awake for decades, but it's just getting further and further reinforced. And they're saying, we're not going to pay corporate welfare just so a billionaire can have a stadium for his millionaire players to play in. Now, I don't begrudge a billionaire for earning their money. I don't begrudge millionaire ballplayers earning their money. They should make as much money as they can, but they should make it through ticket sales, through TV advertising revenue, through merchandising, through food sales. Not by coercing a grandma um, at, at, at her home to pay a higher sales tax, a grandma that doesn't care about the, the team. And then even here in San Diego, they say, oh, it, we won't tax the San Diegans. That was the pitch that came from the whole Chargers financing deal. They say, We're, we won't tax the people from San Diego. We're going to tax all the tourists that come to San Diego. So if they if they get a hotel room in San Diego, then they pay what do they call it? A trans, transient occupancy tax. Um, and so, you know, the people that come here to go to Comic-Con, the, the people that travel here on vacation, you know, they'll pay the tax. Well, that that's outrageous. I mean, that is taxation without representation. I mean, it, it literally is. I mean, if you have a family from Omaha, Nebraska, that's that's visiting here in the city of San Diego, and they're paying a transient occupancy tax, it's not like they have representation on the county board of supervisors that enacted that tax. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It's all about, you know, what can I get for me and making the other guy pay? Don't tax me, tax the other guy. I mean, it's silly. So the fact that and really, all these NFL, I mean, the owners, I mean, you can't blame them. The, the, well, you can blame them. But as far as the fact that there are these perverse incentives that are set up all across the nation, because you go to these other communities, other metropolitan areas, and the, the government officials are bending over backwards to come up with these sweetheart deals to attract these football teams, Um and, you know, local taxpayers or taxpayers from out of town end up footing the bill. And so you can't really blame the, the owners of these franchises for just going where the best opportunity is. But it shouldn't be built that way in the first place. I mean, businesses, whether I don't care if you're a sports franchise or you make semiconductors or you're uh, an Italian restaurant – Taxpayers shouldn't be building your buildings, subsidizing your efforts. Um, you should make your money off of your customers through voluntary transactions. That's what capitalism is supposed to be about. But instead, in America, we have this crony system that's set up where all these corporations want these special breaks, special favors. It's just like Amazon and this Headquartered to uh, HQ2 thing with Amazon. You remember they were out basically looking for a new girlfriend, right? You know, and what city is going to give me the best deal? And even here in San Diego, the city of Chula Vista made a hardcore push to be HQ2. And they were going to bend over backwards and build all of this infrastructure and give these tax breaks just to woo the girlfriend into town. And so they can hopefully get all these jobs that might maybe pay for it all. Um, and then what, end up, what ends up happening? They selected New York 
And um, immediately, you know, a lot of people were flabbergasted because of all of the essentially the special favors that Amazon was getting, um, f- special favors that are unavailable to other corporations or to other individuals. I mean, we're supposed to, the United States is supposed to be about equality under the law, right? And instead, it's all about which corporation can get special favors. I'm digressing on Amazon, but the same thing is true with the chargers. The same thing is true where the system was set up where they are trying to get special favors. And and historically, that's what NFL cities have always done. That's what a lot of other major sports cities have always done. But it's been harder and harder to do it in the state of California. So, um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of studies that show, well, let me reverse the back of a minute. The, um, the, the, the rationale that the, the owners use and that the, um, the fans of the team use to get the stadium is they say, well, yeah, they're going to spend all these tax dollars, but there's going to be so much more revenue that's going to come in, it'll pay for itself. Well, it never does. I mean, they've done multiple studies about this. John Stossel has got a really good uh, documentary piece interviewing um, cities that have gone through the numbers. And does it move the needle a little bit on um, economic development? Yeah, sure, it does. But it's not like some massive return on investment for the city or for the taxpayer. It's not. I mean, it's just a handout. And so the fact that the Chargers moved sucks if you're a football fan. It sucks if you're a sports fan. It sucks as a San Diegan because major sports teams kind of help, are part of the city identity. That In many ways, they give legitimacy or credibility to be a major city in the United States. And it's something that as a community, we can all rally around, which is terrific. But if, if you're I keep using this analogy. If your girlfriend keeps demanding all of this, um, you know, all this stuff, all these special favors, and to the point where it's like, you know, she wants you to be her sugar daddy, then what the heck are we doing? What is this about? This is nuts. And so I, I mean, we all saw the writing on the wall that the chargers were going to move. Okay. And, and Heck, I guess I'm fired up about this. Maybe I can't get over it either. But we all saw the writing on the wall that the Chargers were going to move. And, um, you know, it it was evident even when they were talking about doing the original stadium expansion in the 90s. Um, That was that threat was there. Um, And and so we saw the writing on the wall. The Chargers were going to move. And it's been this sort of gradual downhill decline um, as far as the as the fans, their enthusiasm for the team. But they were always still that hardcore base of supporters that were almost just denying reality, denying the fact that some other city was going to offer a sweetheart deal. And I think that's what the Chargers ownership was expecting. That's what the Spanos family was expecting, that either they were going to get a sweetheart deal in San Diego. And when that became... Um, a, you know, unlikely, they began hunting for another sweetheart deal. And I think they found that those deals weren't forthcoming, but in many ways they had burned their bridge in San Diego to a degree that they had to hit the eject button and they did. And now I think they're regretting it. It's kind of uh, bad karma in a lot of ways for the Spanos family and for the Chargers. Um, but Nick Canapa in his article just 
still can't get over it. He he still feels like, you know, that it's the girlfriend that got away. I can't believe I let her get away. I can't believe the city of San Diego let the Chargers go. But what did you expect the city of San Diego to do? Really? I mean, do we need to um, I mean, it's already really, really expensive to live in San Diego. I don't care if you're a homeowner or a renter. Um, there are a lot of people here that are struggling and you want to ask them to pay a higher sales tax? Or do you want to tax people from out of town that don't have representation and stick it to them? Or um, do you want to increase the sales tax like they did in Santa Clara and then make poor people end up having to pay to subsidize the chargers to stay? I mean, none of that is is morally right. It's 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 unfair. It, it's just wrong. Um, so the fact that the chargers moved when, when they hit the eject button, I was like, fine. Okay, you're done. I'm done with you. Um, and, you know, my interest in football had been on the decline anyways prior to the chargers leaving. Now, granted, I was a season ticket holder for the chargers in the 1990s. And I had season tickets all the way up to the birth of my first child, Shannon. You know, you have your first kid and suddenly your life changes, your priorities change, and you don't have a whole Sunday to spend down in Mission Valley. So I was, uh, it was a good thing having children, but um, I, I, I gave up my season tickets. And then, you know, the Chargers were good again there for a while when LT was here. We were victims of the San Diego sports curse even then. Um, was it Carrington that uh, caught that interception um, against Brady in the playoffs when we had a 14 and two season and then and then fumbled it away and then Brady scored uh, uh, anyways um, the Chargers were still pretty good there in the mid2000s but even then I could sense my interest in football declining for a lot of reasons I mean number one is the whole CTE thing you know where there's the, the brain injuries on on these players that are just tragic. I mean, Junior Seau commits suicide. Uh, Billy Ray Smith, beloved here in San Diego, he's dealing with memory loss. It's just really sad. Um, and then even that Aaron Hernandez story, the tight end for the New England Patriots, when they did the autopsy, they said it was the worst form of CTE they had ever seen. Um, and his story is tragic. Um, and, you know, not only did he lose his life, but other, other people, he killed other people because he was so... Um, messed up from being hit in the head so much. So in a lot of ways, you know, football is almost like, you know, being in the Roman Coliseum, the Roman gladiators, and we cheer when the lions eat the Christians or something like that. It's just, it's crazy. So on that level, I began losing interest because it was just, just in many ways, just vulgar to a degree. Um, but then at another level, um, you know, I began losing interest because, you know, even then in the 2000s, you know, you felt as fans, we were getting leverage. We were being threatened. We knew the Chargers wanted to move. They wanted a new stadium and they were hoping to get a new stadium. And then, you know, of course, the the economy went in the tank in 2008, 2009, and there was no way it was ever going to be publicly financed then. So there was a little bit of a reprieve from that leveraging, but then it, you know, as soon as the economy improved again, it started up again. So as a fan, I always kind of felt I didn't like that. And then when, um, was it uh, uh, Tagliabue or was it um, uh, Roger Goodell 
when he was here for the last Super Bowl that was here in San Diego. And when was that? Was that um, was that the uh, the year that the Raiders um, were here and playing Tampa Bay? I think it was. But anyways, he had said there will never be another Super Bowl in San Diego until they get a new stadium. And you're like, oh my God, here we go. We're getting leveraged again. San Diego is the perfect city for a Super Bowl. Every time the Super Bowl is here, the fans, the media, the players all love it because the weather is great. The, um, uh, you know, the, the sights and scenes in the city is terrific. Um, and you're not... You know, you're you're in sunny California, and and people love coming here for a Super Bowl in January when the you know two thirds of the nation is buried in snow. So, um, it really upset me to be leveraged that way um, as a fan. And then on top of it, you know, now granted, this isn't every player in in the NFL, but many players. You hear the stories domestic violence and 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 other kinds of um, off the field behavior that it's just really repulsive. And you're thinking, oh, man, you know, so the whole culture of the NFL has changed a lot. And and then in other ways, the NFL, it's almost like and it's been proven to be true where the the um, you know, the, the the federal government has subsidized the NFL or at least paid for advertising with the NFL. Um, so the NFL is supporting, you know, um, you know, supporting the troops and everything, which on one level is OK. But on another level, it almost became sort of this propaganda, um, this sort of uh, jingoism. And so it it. Uh, on all these different layers of it, I, I began to lose more and more interest in the NFL. Then during the Chargers' latter years before they moved, you know, their, their, their team declined in performance, so I lost interest. And then when they said, we're done, then they left, and I said, all right, well, I'm done too. And this last NFL season, I barely watched any of the games. I think the only game I really watched is I flipped on this the game, the, that Thursday night game against Kansas City. That was a pretty exciting game, Chargers-Chiefs. Uh, um, and I only tuned in because I was following some people on Twitter, and they were talking about how great of a game it was. So I watched that. I paid a little attention to the playoffs, but that's it. I mean, it used to be where Sundays was must-see TV for NFL watching, and then you know, the next day, I was always listening to sports talk radio on 690 or 1090. And if the Chargers had lost on Sunday, I would often not listen to sports talk radio on Monday because it was so depressing. You're already bummed that the team lost. Everyone else is lamenting the loss. And I was just was so caught up in that. And I and and, and so I just began incrementally taking steps away from football, steps away from the Chargers really more steps away from the Chargers. And um, it got to the point where when the Chargers decided to break up with San Diego, I said, fine. And I had no regrets, no regrets at all. And so I still watch football. I enjoy following the Aztecs here in San Diego, I like going to some of the games over at Poway High School, especially since we have friends that um, you know have, have kids playing on the team. And that's all right. I enjoy that. It's a lot of fun. But for the NFL has been declining for me. Now, granted, I've always been a baseball guy and a basketball guy before the NFL. Always have been my entire life. Um, grew up a Giants fan, a Warriors fan. Um, you know, I was a Warriors fan when they won their first or, or their their uh, championship in 1975. You know, with uh, 
Rick Barry and Clifford Ray and and uh, uh, Keith Wilkes before he became Jamal Wilkes. Those are good years. Um, but um, you know, and back then the 49ers, I followed them, and the and in the 70s the 49ers were awful. They traded away their team for Jim Plunkett and O.J. Simpson and and had nothing in the tank. 70s were awful. They were good in the 80s. I'll give them credit there. Um, But, uh, you know, I've always been a baseball guy first, a basketball guy right there, very close second with baseball. Football has always been down the list. Um, So for me, I guess it's easier to say say goodbye to the Chargers. Um, But I see these articles from, from Nick Canepa, and I'm thinking... Are we ever going to get over it? <laughs> At what point can we just say, you know, F you Chargers and, and not constantly be longing for them and regretting them? Now, if you want to go and root for them, go ahead. And I know there's been a lot of fans that have actually, you know, when no one's looking, are going back and rooting for the Chargers. If you want to do that, fine. But it's just this, this regret that I that bugs me. Um, it, it, it's this wishing my girlfriend would get back together with me kind of thing, and I th- we got to turn the page. We kind of move forward now. The signing of Manny Machado is a great thing for San Diego. Okay, so as as San Diego fans, you know we we got something big to root for. AJ Preller and the ownership, you know Peter Seidler and Ron Fowler and that whole group, they're investing money in in uh, free agents. We got the two top free agents in the last two years, Hosmer and Machado. It's great. Um, There's making investment into the farm system. That's great. So I think, you know, they're doing things the right way. So, you know, Nick was celebrating, um, you know, the Padres and and celebrating the, the, the owners of the Padres and how much better they are than the owners of the Chargers, which he's absolutely right. Um, But, Let's focus on what we've got, okay? What we've got, we've got the Padres, all right? We've got the Aztecs. Aztecs are playing tonight at Fresno State. I'm hoping I get this podcast posted before that game because it'd be terrific if the, if the Aztecs can beat the Fresno State Bulldogs and claim third place in the Mountain West. That'll be good for the tournament. They can avoid Nevada until potentially the finals. Um, but uh, let's embrace what we've got. Okay, we've got a, a major league baseball team, um, and uh, we've got a competitive, um, up and coming college uh, sports program with the Aztecs. Um, USD continues to be, you know, a, a solid team in the uh, WCC. The UC San Diego Tritons—they're rising up. They're going D one. I mean, there's a whole slew of, of um, uh, I guess. Uh, second tier sports um, that are out there. You know, we got the arena football. Of course, the San Diego Soccer's. Forgive me, calling them second tier. They're legit, but let's be real. They're not. They're not Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL. They're not at that level. Um, they've had a great success, um, and you know, maybe someday another NFL team will move here. But you know what? If we do get another NFL team, it'll be a different owner. It won't be the Spanoses, you know. So the Spanoses were the problem. They were the ones that kept trying to leverage um, the people of San Diego. I mean, look what, and they were able to get into into the pockets of the um, of the politicians in in uh, City Hall. I mean, look at the ticket guarantee deal. I mean, that's just nuts. A ticket guarantee deal. Imagine if you own a business and the city of, of San Diego or the city of Poway would guarantee a revenue stream for you if your customers did not spend enough with you. 
It's just insane. But that's how the, the Spanos family was able to leverage the city of San Diego, leverage the people of San Diego. And when he finally didn't get what he wanted anymore, he took off. Well, fine. See you later, Dean. Enjoy Enjoy being the second, um, you know, the second team in in, uh, 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 in the Rams' new stadium. Enjoy being the Rams' little sister. Um, you're you're going to be second fiddle up there. The city of LA isn't embracing you. It's karma, my friend, and karma's a bitch. And so um, enjoy it, Dean. Um, but as far as us San Diegans, let's uh, let's live in our reality today. Rather than regretting the past or having anxiety in the future, let's live for today. Let's pursue our happiness. Let's live our life and let's be free of these these cronies that want to leverage taxpayers so they can put that money in their pocket. Because that's what Dean Spanos wanted. That's what a lot of these NFL owners want. I mean, that's what owners of a lot of sports franchises want. Californians are finally saying, no way, Jose. We're not paying for that. And I'm really happy to hear that. As a sports fan, you know, I, I didn't even support Prop C when the Padres were building Petco, but I didn't live in the city of San Diego. I couldn't vote for it. Uh, but I would rather see teams leave than have them leverage the, the city, leverage the people um, to use cronyism to put money in their pocket. I think it's wrong. And I think this whole, like I said, the whole Amazon HQ2 thing and the way that thing is unfolding is just terribly immoral as well. So see you later, Dean. Nick, we love you, but come on, <laughs> let's get over it and let's turn the page. All right, enough of that. That's the John Riley Project, episode number 37, and we'll have more coming for you at another time real soon. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>